We head to Boston to catch up with NESN's Zach Cox. G'day, Zach. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, our pleasure, man. Thanks uh, thanks for coming on. And I've got to start with your pets. Uh, I mean, I don't think I've seen a tighter race uh, in any division in the NFL for a long time than, than what we've got going on uh, in the NFC East at the moment, man. It is absolutely packed. Yeah, the the Patriots have really put themselves uh, in a position to to sneak into the playoffs next weekend if they can get a win uh, in Buffalo. And even if they lose that game, there's still a way uh, that they could potentially get in if if some other teams around the conference lose as well. It's a a bit of an unfamiliar situation for Patriots fans these last couple of years because they're used to uh, the Tom Brady era where. The Patriots are competing for Super Bowls and championships pretty much every season. Uh, This current Patriots team isn't really on that level. They're just trying to get into the playoffs at all. Uh, And and they had some pretty devastating losses uh, over the last couple of weeks to uh, to the Raiders and and the the Bengals. But they were able to take care of business yesterday against the Dolphins and, and put themselves in a kind of win and you're in situation this weekend in Buffalo. Yeah, it was a really good win, actually, 23-21 over a two-less uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, that being said, uh, three of your starting cornerbacks are out. I mean, how how did they go about shutting down Hill and Waddle? Yeah, it, it was uh, a, a pretty interesting game plan for the Patriots because, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, three of their top four cornerbacks in this game w- were unavailable, out injured, uh, Jalen Mills, Jack Jones, and Marcus Jones, all of them uh, impact players this season. So uh, rather than really stressing kind of the the deepest, lowest parts of that cornerback depth chart, uh, they actually chose to just play a lot more safeties uh, than they typically do in this game. Uh, safety is probably the Patriots' best and deepest overall position group. Uh, and to combat those injuries at cornerback, they basically just decided uh, to play all four of their safeties for, for a large portion of this game, play a really kind of conservative defensive game plan, just really aimed at not letting those guys Hill and Waddle get behind them for a 50, 60, 70 yard touchdown. And uh, even though both of those guys did make a couple of plays uh, and the Dolphins were able to keep this game close, despite not having uh, their starting quarterback, uh, the Patriots were able to do enough to, uh, to limit those players and really prevent uh, the Dolphins from from hitting on any of those just massive chunk big plays uh, that have really kind of been the hallmark of their offense this season. So uh, it was a pretty prof- pretty impressive performance, uh, rather, for a team that, that was re- without some of their key guys. Well, Zach Stain on the defense, Kyle Dunner recorded his third defensive touchdown of the season. Uh, geez, they've been impressive in offense as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah he, he's been a monster this season. He's uh, uh, He probably pr- should have been a pro bowler. Uh, he probably would have been if he hadn't missed uh, a couple of games earlier on in the season. Uh, but, yes, three defensive touchdowns for him. That's the first time a Patriots defender uh, has done that since 1970. Uh, and the Patriots defense overall just seems to be finding its way into the end zone pretty much every week. Uh, they have seven defensive touchdowns on the season now one of them in each of their last four games uh last time an nfl team did that was way back in 2002 uh, and with the the state that their offense has been in for much of this season where it's really been a struggle for them to to kind of score points the conventional way they've really needed this defense uh to be the the kind of playmaking force that it has been uh it a lot of patriots fans are kind of grumbling about the fact that even if this offense was average or slightly better this might be a team that could 
truly compete for a, for a, a conference championship or even a Super Bowl potentially. That's not where they're at right now, but this defense is, uh, has certainly been helping them, uh, and it's been one of the better units in the entire NFL. One of the units that is letting the Pats down at the moment is the special teams uh, on the kicking front. They haven't been great uh, pretty much all season. Uh, they're really going to have to be on their game against the Bills this weekend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And whenever you play a game in a place like Buffalo, you never know what the uh, the weather implications are going to be like. The, the Patriots played a game up there last season where there were about – 50 to 60 mile an hour winds going on uh, for much of the game. They basically just decided to not even pass the ball uh, for, for much of that game. They only threw three passes uh, and that obviously affects the kicking game as well. Uh, it's been, been a bit of a uh, uneven season on special teams. I would say for the Patriots, they lost their punter uh, to an injury uh, about six, seven weeks back. Jake Bailey, he's been back practicing, uh, hasn't made it back onto the roster yet. So we'll see whether he's able to get back out there this weekend. Um, uh, Nick Folk, their kicker, has continued to be uh, generally effective and consistent, but he did miss an extra point uh, in yesterday's game. I think he had two misses in the game before, too. So uh, in a for a team like this, where, where the margins are, are pretty slim, uh, they're not a team that can, that's going to go out uh, and hang 35 points on you and win easily. Patriots need to, I think, tighten up a couple of those, uh, a couple of those kicking, punting, returning special teams areas, uh, because a, a mistake there could really cost them against the Bills. Zach, one of the questions that was raised when Tom Brady left the Patriots was, we're going to find out, was the great Tom Brady or was the great Bill Belichick? Um, it feels like we know that Tom Brady is a great. Where are you at with Bill Belichick as a coach? I mean, would, would a great coach have turned this Pat's side around without Brady anyway? Yeah, it's so difficult to to kind of parse through that debate, which obviously people have been having in New England for, for 20 years and probably will continue to have for, for another 20, 30, 40 years beyond that. Uh, I think where I sit is that both player or both Belichick and Brady needed each other to get to the level that they have gotten to. Uh, I don't think Tom Brady would have been the greatest quarterback of all time if he hadn't been paired with Bill Belichick. And I don't think Bill Belichick would have been arguably the greatest coach of all time if he didn't have Tom Brady. Uh, it's kind of a cop-out answer, I know. But uh, so far, the uh, the kind of scoreboard between the two of them has definitely tilted more toward Brady since they split a couple of years back. Obviously, Tom Brady has the one Super Bowl, uh, even though his season this season has not gone particularly well. He will be uh, at the very least back in the playoffs and the Patriots have not won a playoff game since Tom Brady left. Uh, and there's still a lot of questions about kind of when they will ever get back to that level. So it's certainly been advantage Brady lately, uh, but I think overall it, it's hard to really say oh, this guy was the reason, not the other one, just because they're, they have to be so linked from the time they spent together. Well, I, I know this is uh, in danger of being an, an exclusively AFC East chat, but I, I, do, I do have to ask you about the Dolphins. They're, they're on a, a five-game losing streak. Um, how much do you think the Dolphins are going to look back at the head injury to Toa earlier in the season and think, man, we should have handled this differently? Uh, I think they have to, uh, especially because uh, just the way that the whole season shook out with Tua. You had the, the head injury early on in the year. You had the second concussion one week later that sidelined him for a couple of weeks. Uh, and then obviously you had the third one uh, last weekend. And 
for a guy that you and the Dolphins and Dolphins fans right now expect to be their long-term franchise quarterback, that's a scary situation from even beyond a football standpoint. Uh, there are only a certain number of injuries like that that a player can withstand before he has to just simply stop playing football. Uh, it doesn't sound like Tua is at that point just yet, but uh, it, it's definitely a scary situation for a player who should be coming into his prime in the next two or three years. Um, but you never know then uh, with these kind of injury situations and, and just overall, this Dolphins team has really kind of fallen apart. Uh, they looked like one of the best teams in the AFC uh, about a month and a half ago, and now they've lost five straight. Sounds like they're going to be down to their third string quarterback, uh, for their final game of the regular season against the Jets this weekend. Uh, they need to win and have some stuff go right for them in, in other games, including the Patriots losing to even get into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, it's really been kind of a, a fall from grace for them over the last uh, six, seven weeks. Uh, I still think their future is bright. I like Mike McDaniel, their head coach. But yeah, things haven't turned out the way that a lot of uh, Miami fans were expecting about a month ago. Well, you can you can blame, if you speak to any Miami fans, you can blame it on our afternoon team. They uh, <laughs> cursed and beaved. They decided that that was the team they were going to follow this year. So they've probably put the cur- curse on it. Um, uh, jinx them. Jinx, <laughs> jinx them. them. Definitely the jinx of the afternoon team. Uh, look, uh, this afternoon we've got the Bills against uh, Ben um, our time here, 2.30. I, I was wondering, is there anyone outside the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs or the Eagles that you think might make a run at, at winning potentially the Super Bowl this year? Uh, those do seem to be the, uh, the, the clear favourites, especially in the AFC, those three teams that you mentioned. Uh, I think I would have a difficult time envisioning anybody beyond Kansas City, Buffalo or Cincinnati making a run to the Super Bowl. Maybe you say Baltimore if Lamar Jackson gets healthy. Maybe you say the Chargers with the talent that they have. Uh, But both of those teams have been pretty inconsistent and seem to be a a pretty clear level below uh, those top three. Uh, Over in the NFC, I do like San Francisco. Uh, I know they've they've they're down to a a seventh round rookie quarterback but Brock Purdy has been playing great lately uh they may have the best defense in the entire NFL uh they have Christian McCaffrey they have Debo Samuel they have a lot of talent there uh and then you never know with Tom Brady Uh, I don't think the Bucs are going to make a a magical run to the Super Bowl this year but if they win one or two games and end up back in the the NFC championship game Uh, I wouldn't be shocked just based on uh, the track record that he's been able to put together over the last two and a half decades. uh, You mentioned the Chargers. Of course, they they got up yesterday and beat the Rams, uh, the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, Boy, that hasn't gone well, has it? No, no, it has not at all. Uh, I think they're that's a team that's really been destroyed by some injuries, especially on the offensive line. Uh, they haven't been able to protect their quarterbacks at all this year, regardless of of who those quarterbacks have been. Uh, and they've been without Matthew Stafford now for the last several weeks. Uh, yeah, it's basically we haven't seen this kind of full-blown disaster type season from a defending Super Bowl champion And as long as I can remember, I believe they're on pace to finish with the worst record ever by a team that had won the Super Bowl just one year earlier. Uh, And with them, it's it's a tough situation because they really have 
kind of adopted a strategy of they don't care about draft picks. They don't care about young players. They just want kind of ready-made veterans who can compete for a Super Bowl right now. That's great when you win the Super Bowl, but when you don't and you have to maybe rebuild a little bit, then it could be a, a bit of a difficult situation for them. So they're going to be a really interesting team to watch uh, over the la- over the next couple of years. But yeah, it certainly has not been uh, the year that Sean McVay and, and his team were hoping for. I'm talking to Zach Cox here on SCN Morning with Mitch and Ricardo. Uh, just talking a bit of NFL. Um, look, there was an incident uh, with Kevon Thibodeau where he sacked Nick Foles and Nick Foles ends up writhing on the ground. And uh, Kevon is doing a snow angel next to him. Um, look, it's it's actually erupted on Reddit. Everyone seems to think it's like a dog act, uh, really disgusting. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think it's something that... Uh, uh, Maybe his coaches and some of the the veterans in that Giants locker room will probably have a a talking to him about that. Uh, He's a young player. He's a rookie. Uh, I think it was kind of a bad look. Just if Nick Foles isn't hurt on the play, then cool. Yeah, do do whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not the kind of guy that's uh, against celebrating in football or anything like that. But it it was it was pretty clear that that he was in. not in the the best kind of physical condition at that point from from an injury perspective. I think when you see something like that, you maybe have to to tone down the celebration a little bit. And I'm sure you'll have some some experienced players in the Giants locker room saying, "Hey, Kevon, I, I get your passion. Uh, I like it, but maybe let's react to this a little bit differently next time." I guess the the question is how aware was he of of how injured Nick Foles was? But it did it did remind me, and I don't know if you follow the UFC at all, Zach, but it did remind me of Jorge Masvidal when he knocked out Ben Askren with that flying knee in the first two seconds of their fight. Yep, yeah, I, I do remember that. I'm not a, uh, I don't follow UFC super closely, but that was definitely one that uh, that crossed on my radar for sure. Um, I just want to touch on the Steelers as well, just quickly, because obviously for the Steelers to make the playoffs, the Bills will need need to beat your Patriots. Uh, but how how crazy is it that just one guy starting coming back from injury, TJ Watts, um, can get the Steelers on a run six and two when they were two and six early in the season? It just shows how important he is to to everything that they do in Pittsburgh. You saw how disruptive he was for the first game or two this season, then he got hurt and everything basically completely fell apart for them. Uh, I think they had some other issues on that roster and uh, other areas where, where they probably don't have as much talent as they would like right now. Uh, But yeah, it shows losing him and then getting him back the, the really kind of stark change in how they were able to compete. Uh, That just shows that he is one of the uh, premier top defensive players in the NFL. Uh, It certainly helped them also that that Kenny Pickett, their rookie quarterback, is starting to show some uh, some signs of promise in these last couple of weeks. It was a bit of a a slog for him earlier this season, but led a pretty impressive uh, game-winning drive against the Ravens last night to keep them in playoff contention. Uh, Most likely, they will not get in. They need a lot to go right for them. Probably the most of any of these final, um, these final three AFC contenders here. But the fact that they have been able to even get in that mix after the, I believe they started two and six on the season um, is definitely something that I was not expecting. I thought we'd be writing off the the Steelers months ago, and and they're still in the mix with one week to go. Well, it wouldn't be um, Izzy Dag's breakfast show without us talking a little bit of rugby. Little Birdie Brian, our producer, says that you play halfback for Charles River RFC. 
Uh, I do, yeah. I, I'm a borderline retirement at this point. Uh, I'm getting a little old, and the uh, the body doesn't recover uh, quite as well as it used to. But yeah, I picked it up in uh, in college um, up in New Hampshire. I uh, played football growing up, and, and I kind of found it about I don't know. 10, 10, 15 years ago at this point and been playing ever since been trying to, uh, keep the career going as long as I can. Uh, I know it's uh, pretty exciting that we're going to get a, a rugby world cup over here in about, uh, I think eight years. I think it's 2031. Uh, we've got a pretty, uh, thriving professional league now. Finally, for the first time, there's a team, uh, in Boston, the free Jacks that I follow pretty closely. So yeah, exciting times for, for rugby in the U S even though, uh, we we failed to make the uh, this year's World Cup. We lost to Portugal on that uh, last second kick. That was not uh, that was not great. But yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a great sport, and I love it. I'm hoping to uh, get over to uh, your guys' side of the pond at some point and catch a game. Yeah, man. Let us know when you come down. We'll definitely look after you, Zach. I was going to say, you know, the Major League Rugby does seem to be going strength to strength. There's a lot of expats over there playing as well. But uh, the USA Eagles, you mentioned, you know, they didn't didn't make the the World Cup for this year. Uh, where is US rugby at? Do you think at the moment? It's kind of at a, a crossroads, I think, uh, because they reached a point. Uh, it was whatever the first year that the uh, that sevens went into the Olympics. I think it was 2016. Uh, as soon as that was announced, they kind of had a decision of uh, of where they wanted to allocate their resources. Uh, they didn't have enough talent and resources to really compete in 15s and in sevens. So they really just said, "All right, we're going to go all in on the sevens program." If the 15s program wins, great, but we're not really going to focus on it. Uh, and that was a successful push. The, they had a lot of success on the sevens circuit. They were, were up to number two in the world. I believe it was 2018 or 2019, right before COVID. Uh, they had a really impressive kind of group of players uh, that were together for a while. Uh, and now that's sort of faded. And now with the World Cup here coming here on the horizon within the next decade or so, they're now in a position where they have to build up that 15s program, which is a lot more difficult to do. Uh, I would say just because in sevens, you can kind of, you can grab an ex football player, an ex track guy, coach him up for three or four weeks and he can be playing for the national team. If he's talented enough uh, in 15s, that's a lot more difficult to, uh, to pull off. So yeah, I think they have a lot of work to do uh, as, as 2031 comes up. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Hey, uh, just before we let you go, Zach, uh, who did you model your game off as a halfback? Who's your favorite player? <laughs> uh, I, don't know. I was I always liked uh, Connor Murray uh, over for Ireland. I'm uh, I got some Irish heritage, so well you're in uh, Boston. Always, Everybody's yeah. got Irish heritage in yeah. Boston, right? <laughs> Everyone's got Irish heritage. Yeah, I was out at the uh, the game at Soldier Field uh, against the All Blacks back in uh, was that, that that first win that they had in a hundred years. So that was uh, that was an exciting one for me. But uh, I'm a little taller than than usual uh, scrum half, so I don't see a lot of uh, six foot one guys playing my position. It's mostly uh, <laughs> mostly people who are about six inches shorter than me, so I have to uh, uh, kind of look in some unusual spots. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, Zach. Hey, listen, man, it's been great chatting to you. Uh, go well, uh, enjoy the rest of the NFL season, and like I said, next time you're uh, you're down this way, looking to, to watch a game of footy, let us know, and uh, we'll make sure we look after you. Absolutely. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Zach Cox there with NESN in Boston talking NFL.